Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch, and it's Peacekeeper Wars, part two of probably three. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, who knows? We'll find out. Anyway, I'm your host, Karma Hats, and joining me as always is Red Nightmare. I got nothing. It's, it's, it's happened. It's been four frelling seasons, and I finally not gotten something. <laughs> I think it's because we're... Lo- In the middle of something. Exactly, really. I think that's why I couldn't improv something off off of the theme <laughs> of the episode yeah so we did leave uh last time on kind of uh, it's sort of a cliffhanger it was artificial one of our own making because mm-hmm. actually if you watch the dvds uh the basically the first half of uh what we're going to be talking about today is the end of part one and then the be the beginning of part two yes is the rest of it because that keeps us sane. Yeah, because it keeps us from doing like a three-hour, four-hour stupidly long recording session. It's it's not fun no. <laughs> to go for that long. It's uh, it, we like to keep it, you know, a bit bit shorter, and we'll carve it up into a few more pieces than normal. These things are going to be long anyway. Yeah, these are extra long episodes, as you will have noticed from the previous one. So, I guess we should do a quick bit of catch up because last time on Peacekeeper Wars, basically. Aaron and John got put back together. Mm-hmm. They found the Eidolons, who are the descendants of the people who they found way back at the beginning of Season 4, who have the ability to inspire peace. Mm-hmm. And right now, the Scarron and Peacekeeper War has kicked off big time. The galaxy could use a little bit of extra peace right about now. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, right, we, we should go and help take them back to Arnesk. And, you know, maybe we can get them to figure out how to do it again. They try and do that. Scarons get there first, or Scarons get there as well. Blow up the temple, which includes blowing up Jewel, which we were very sad about. Yeah. And then at the end of the ep- uh, last time, we finished off with the Scarons disabling Moya as Moya was about to jump away. Yep. And that's the very, very big broad strokes of what's been happening. If, if you want a more detailed... Description of what happened. We have an episode from last week yeah, for you. Exactly, but that that's where we're, we're at. So we ended with the Scarons shooting on Moya. So we pick up this time. You know, obviously the Scarons have shot at Moya, disabling Moya, so she can't starburst. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, crap. We better leave Moya if we want Moya to remain alive. And so they're like, okay, let's let's get out of here. And we have Dargo and Chiana going Lola. And everybody else uh, piles into a transport pod. There's a great bit where Aaron is dragging Rigel along. It's like, why should I have to go? No, you should be saving me. He's like, I don't want to go with the Scarons. It's like, no, you're coming with us. But I'm pregnant. <laughs> yes, but if anybody remains on board with Moya, they'll destroy her. So just come along. Yeah. So on the transport, you've got everybody else. You've got Crichton, Stark, Sokozu, Scorpius, Yondalao, the Eidolon that they were traveling with. The only one left now yeah, from Arnesk. Like the only Eidolon left in the universe that is able to inspire peace. Yeah, so that's not a precarious position at all. That man is valuable. Yeah, so both the transport pod and Lola, they uh, disembark Moya. Dargo says he's fairly sure that uh, the Scarons can't locate him with the cloaking field up. Yeah. So they're going to go hide off somewhere else. But the transport pod is heading directly for the Decimator, the Scaron command ship. I mean, that was the ultimatum. Get on board or we blow you up. Yeah, exactly. I like as they're going there, the Rizal says, Well, when this finally hits the fan up. We all know that I'll be saving me first, just because I'm pregnant. This is, uh, yeah, ask ask Aaron. And Aaron says, you rescue Yondalao first, then Raiju. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, the peace of the galaxy is 
kind of a little bit more important here. Yeah. But uh, also, Sokoto's like, right, I've cross-coupled the engines to the power grid so that uh, we can blow the ship up if we want. And John just goes wide-eyed and like, comforting. And so they go into on board the Decimator, which uh, it was hard to judge scale of before mm-hmm. in relation to other big carriers. But as the transport pod goes in, we see that it's still massive. Yeah, it's... Moya could probably go into the hangar bay of that thing. Yeah. And so they get inside. Oh, also, Yondalao says, like, uh, or John says to Yondalao that, right, okay, here's the thing. You get on board, you convince the Scarens to smoke the peace pipe, we'll be good. And Yondalao says, I don't know Scarens, so I'm going to have to uh, figure out their desires and fears by proximity. Scarens is like, well, you're going to get all the proximity you can handle. Yeah. They get on board, they get taken to a holding cell, and again, the Decimator has, like, it's not like a typical Scarron design, really. No, it's actually the opposite, where Scarron is usually associated with dark colors. Yeah. Black, bit of red. I mean, just like the Peacekeepers, I like that parallel. Yeah, but theirs is much more sort of earthy and, like, Mm. organic looking. Yeah, and this is all white and sterile and... Shiny and chrome, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is what it is. And so they get put inside this holding cell. Oh, and they when they walk in, there's like a security check. Yes. And Aaron's like, oh, right, sorry. Takes a pistol out, puts it down. Beep, 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 beep. It's like, oh, sorry. Takes a pistol out. It's like, tries to move on. It's like, no. She, she pulls out like four, five or six guns. Yes, it's like, right, sorry, out the boot. Another one out the like back of her neck under her hair or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Oh, right. Yeah, no. Okay. Here I, you I, go. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like a veritable arsenal up there. <laughs> Also, Yonder Lao says to Stark, he's like, wait, you lived among the Scarrens, so you must know their psyche. You, you quick, come come talk to me, help me out here. And so they go off to one the back corner of the room to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, once everybody's inside, Starleek and Arkna both walk in. And the Emperor <laughs> says, welcome to the flagship. Lovely. Like what you've done with the place, could use some drapes. And Crichton's like, that was a temple you nuked down there. Starleek, of course, is... It was an act of precaution, you know, as you're supposed to do in times of war. You're not supposed to blow up a freaking temple yeah. in times of war. But, you know, he's the desire to inspire peace. No, we don't want that. Blow him up. I mean, at this point, they don't know that fact yet, but... But then he says, yes, there's requisite in times of war, as is truth-seeking. And he turns the Scarron heat mind probe on Aaron, asking where the Luxon and Nabari are. And like, they left before we arrived. So that's, yep, that's accurate. That's true. Like, didn't specify which arrival you meant. Good, good. And so Arkner is walking around them as well, and she goes up to Rigel and says, Interesting, I always assumed his highness was male. <laughs> Tumor, you see. Yes, they're not very long to live anymore, I'm, I'm afraid. And she leans in and is like, I would agree. And like, Ugh. And Starleek says to her, it's like, you take him to a different holding cell. He says to Crichton and Aaron, it's like, I find it troubling that humans and subations can propagate together. Stark goes like, hang on, how can you possibly know that? And it says, the same way I knew to find you here. And Sokozu looks up at him and it's like, there's a traitor. Spy. But who? And Scorpius comes in with Grunchlick. Starleek turns on him and is like, ah, yes. They say one traitor can always recognize another. Yeah, Scorpia. Weren't you working for uh, the Emperor? Yeah, so Starleek gets right up in Scorpius's face. Opens the cooling rod array and just rips it off. All while basically telling Scorpius that, you know, this is all your fault. Because if you hadn't facilitated Crichton's escape, end of season four in La Bomba, Mm -hmm. we could have peace now. 
It's like, but with you as ruler, it's like, yes, a position I know you crave. It's like, no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he really doesn't. You really got the wrong read on Scorpius here, Stalik. You should know your personnel better, Stalik. Yeah, but he like squashes the consist. Scorpius collapses. Is like, uh, ah, ah, ow. Oh, it's very warm, very warm. Oh god! <laughs> and then like Sakosi runs over to him, but Stalik round he like rounds on Crichton and says, "You're alive for only one reason. I want the wormhole knowledge that's in your head, or Arkner will torture the Hynerian and the abomination in his belly." I give you one arm to decide, oh. and then he leaves. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> again, like Great. we're back to this this same position again of like we want the knowledge that's in your head. Except this time, John has nothing to bargain with. Yeah, because he can't. Nope. He doesn't have a nuke strapped to his leg. You know, <laughs> he's got nothing here. So he and Aaron look at the door as it closes, and John's like, "Well, I can't give him what he wants." I can give him the middle finger. And he walks up and he's like, you don't know what you're doing. I never do. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. So now we cut to aboard Lola and Chiana and Dargo. They're looking at a scan of, of the decimator. And they have managed to identify, partly also because of Chiana's eyes being able to see like energy signatures. They know where its weak points are. Yeah. So they could take it out in three shots. Stop it cold in three uh, perfect shots. To which Shiana responds, Why? You usually slay me in one. Oh! Okay. Uh, hey, uh, well, hey. TMI, TMI, TMI. Yeah, TMI. Then Dargo says to her that, um, you know, Rigel actually has uh, invited us to Hyneria uh, when all this is over. And, uh, you know, I was figuring we could go and I could I could do some work with my hands and you know, plant some food and, and make some wine. And I like the concept of Darko making wine. It's like, I buy a bottle <laughs> of that and I don't even drink. <laughs> it's like, this wine is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Who made this, Aluxin? Oh, 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 no. oh, they really did. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Crap. I need oh, to go. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's definitely like, it'd be nice implying to Chiana that if we could go together and settle down. It, it, we're back to kind of that again, but mm. things have changed quite a bit since the last time Dargo wanted to settle down. And this time, he's involving Chiana in this discussion. Yes. He, in this case, he's like, look, let's talk about this. Let's make this decision together. While we're in a cloaked ship trying to hide from Scarens, But still, you know. You have to have these conversations at some point. Better too early than too late. So, back aboard the Decimator, Crichton goes... You know, he bangs on the door. He's like, take me, I want to talk. Hey, I want to make a deal. Hello? And he gets dragged along to the... Basically, to the bridge. And, of course... Of course, Starleek in his big oval chair that we talked about last episode. Of course, it's facing the other way and it has to swivel to face John. Like, what do you want him to be holding like a little white cat? It's like, Mr. Crichton, I've been expecting you. (laughs) I also like as as John leaves the uh, cell that Scorpius is like, you give them nothing, John, nothing. And so Crichton gets, you know, brought up to the bridge and he says, look, I can't give you wormhole weapons. He said, well, then you'll die. It's like, no, look, you're asking for something I don't have. A kilo of pure wormhole tech. I don't have it, but I can take you to a guy that does. And at this point, it's like, <gasps> uh-oh. I know who that is. Yeah, I think we know where he's going. I had one moment, it's like, no, hang on. That that one is, that person is dead. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. So let's get through this. Uh, basically, he wants, you know, in, in exchange for not harming Rigel, I take you with me. Starly goes in his module with Crichton, mm-hmm. and then we take you to the the place. Yeah, and Starly mind probes John's like, 
give me the coordinates. It's like, that's not how it works. You're resistant to the mind probe. It's like, no, it's because I always tell the truth. Yep, because he knows exactly how to tell the truth. And Starly stops and he's like, right, okay, we go down a wormhole to the source of ultimate power. Only room for two of us. And Agnes like, no, Amber would never go with you. I will go. Yeah, and, and John's like, oh, good. Good to see who wears the britches in this relationship. And Starleague, of course, stands up and is like, no, I will go. You send the battle group to the water planet. We will leave as soon as I return. That's how, not desperate, but that's how much he wants the wormhole tech. He's willing to do this with John. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they have it, that's like instant win, right? The war's over. Yeah. So, in the cells, because Sokozu's, like, welded a metal plate to the side of Scorpius's head. Yeah. <laughs> which, on, on the inside, there's no apparatus. There's just goop, and she's stuck two coolant rods in. It's like looking at it into an esophagus, because it's like doing that... Yeah. Motion. And Aaron's looking like... And so, that's happening, and then... Uh, Stark and Yondalau are talking. Stark's doing his little pacing around in a circle, going like, yes, yes, ooh, yes, very complicated. Ooh, not sure, not sure, hmm. And Yondalau sends him away. It's like, I have to think on, I must think on scaring morality. And so Aaron goes and sits down next to Yondalau and says like, are you making any progress? Some. But Aaron actually has a question. She, sa- she says that in the temple, uh, we talked about this last episode, uh, Yondalau said, peacekeepers do your duty. And it's like, what did you mean by that? And Yondalau goes, ah, yes, I had forgotten what you had forgotten. Which is a yeah. nice little twisty line, but it works. But then he explains that at the dawn of their... The dawn of their usefulness, I think. The dawn of their usefulness, yes. Uh, 27,000 cycles ago, they needed a guard. A race nobody had any quarrel with. Mm-hmm. You know, someone to ensure... Harmony prevailed once the negotiations were done. Yeah. And I was like, peacekeepers. Peacekeepers. Yeah. And apparently it seems that once we left, once we were gone, your forebears tried to keep the peace the only way they knew how, at the muzzle of a gun. And that's why everybody hates peacekeepers. And it's like, well, it wasn't always such at the beginning, says Yondalau. No. We made sure to find... Yes. A planet, a species that was not known by the galaxy at all. We found you, barely clothed. Far removed on the galaxy's outer spiral. Mm -hmm. And then we brought some of you back here, accelerated your evolution with generous alterations. That's how it works. Okay. They genetically modified them. I know, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Until you became our trusted acolytes. Mm -hmm. What planet could that possibly have been? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. There's this uh, tiny green-blue planet on the outer spirals. Like Nobody's uh, heard of it before. No, nobody. It's Earth. It's Earth. It's, Earth. Earth. it's, Earth. it's definitely Earth. So, yeah, I checked that, and I had to check it again because I actually was off by a factor of 10 <laughs> the first time. Uh, but that is actually when the, the time frame fits with the 27,000 years ago. Yeah, it's the Upper Paleolithic era. So, like, late Stone Age. Yeah, we really were barely clothed at that point. Yeah, but we had, like, rock paintings and, like, carvings and, you know, artifacts and things. We and were furs. We were, we were spread out around the globe. Mm-hmm. Like, it was around, like, about 50,000 years ago. There was uh, Australia. We got to Australia, but then by, like, 30,000 is Japan. And so mm. by 27,000, it was, like, Siberia, Arctic Circle... And then towards the end, you know, went to the North and South America. So this is like very like primitive humans, but we were kind of all over the place. Yep. So nice. Yeah. yeah no, that it fit. adds up. 
yeah, I guess at that point you're human enough that the steps aren't that big, so it makes sense that they would have ended up in a position where they're basically still humans. Yeah, no, and so, yeah, this this is something we talked about I've kind of vaguely where we're like, is are they going to tie everything together? When we mentioned, remember in on our nest? Yeah. Yeah, there yeah, was yeah. like the the Egyptian looking symbol. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of tenuous connection to the eidolons and Earth. That there may have been some symbols left behind that we incorporated, but that's about it. They took people from Earth and accelerated them somewhere else. They didn't, yeah. you know, give us a bunch of stuff, which is something I I never really like in sci-fi that much. It's where like aliens come in and they're responsible for the pyramids and the. Like- I mean. When when people try and take that seriously, when it's like a campy show like Stargate, I like fun. when it's when when it turns out that the pyramids were actually landing locations for spaceships. But then I like <laughs> Stargate. No, so do I. But it's like you know when they try and take it seriously, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stargate is very much like pulpy. Oh yeah, of course. One well, of my favorite, um, as a quick aside, my favorite joke from Futurama is one where they go to another planet oh, yes. and there are pyramids on there. And, it's like, oh, yes, you, uh, many thousand years ago, our people visited Earth. And Fry's like, yes, I knew it. Crazy theories one, regular theories a billion. It's like, yes, we learned many things from the ancient humans, such as pyramid building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn anyway, yeah. I do actually like this thing that they tied in the peacekeepers to humans because it's maybe not something they necessarily needed to do. But it's something I appreciate that they did because they are literally humans. They look identical. It explains why they look identical and it does it in a way I'm like, you know what, I'm okay with this. The fact that they took them off planet, it's like, yeah, they didn't really mess with us at that point. They just decided like, yeah, well, let's just take the... I mean, the ethical implications are... Yeah, they're quite large. different direction. It's like, uh... Uplifting a species is always on the, on the category of like, shoot you? I don't, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, there we go. We find out peacekeepers are in fact genetically modified humans. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Ha! We're the original. Yeah. <laughs> original model and then the upgraded version. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we now see Rigel in a room where where he's tied to a kind of like a vertical table. Mm-hmm. And Arkner is like poking and prodding him. And there's a Scaran nurse next to him yep another like ruling class female scaron with a slightly longer like taller face and um less ornately dressed and i think her eyes are pitch black like completely you see this i thought i thought originally that this was the nurse from um ah yes the other the halfway through season four but no this is uh somebody else but so uh arkin is saying like uh starleek wants rigel alive but I would consider it a personal favor if he should die of explainable causes. Yeah. Ah, oh, he uh, he had a heart attack. Oh no! How could that have happened? <laughs> Such a pity. It's just Arkner trying to go around Starleek because she thinks he's being dumb. I'm also like, what is Arkner trying to achieve with this aside from being petty? I mean, that's basically it. Yeah, she's trying to be petty. This is we've seen Arkner do this. Well, she's she's been kind of petty before. Yeah, but this is like. I just kill the Hynerian with the child in it. Neither of these are actually, like, important in any way in the grand scheme of things. Well, the only way that they're important is for something to hold over Crichton. And yeah. if you kill them, then you have nothing and he doesn't have to give you anything. Exactly. So, yeah, this is a very dumb idea. Anyway, speaking of dumb ideas, mm. we now cut to Crichton's module outside 
And uh, I guess they went to Moya to get it, actually. Yeah, they probably went to Moya. But uh, Starleek is in the back, but in the, in the second seat. I love how this pans, because first you see John sitting in the module, and then it pans to the right, and there's just Starleek's giant face right over yeah. his shoulder. It's like, Duh! He's really, like, hunched in there. It's like, I'm growing tired of waiting. Uh, it's like, look, we're catching the 10.15 to Enlightenment. It's going to be here any second. Yeah, it's going to be a bit late. Look, if, you, if you're so angry about it, we can get coffee on the way back. But then we we flash into John's head, and we see John and Harvey having a chat. Oh, I li- actually, can, can we jump back a little bit? Because I oh, like sure, how sure, this, sure. this flash-in is set up. Because Stalik reaches for John's shoulder. and say like, mm. I grow weary of this. And John says, don't touch me. And then we flash into his mind. Yeah, and it's uh, John and Harvey are basically in a crash. Te- they're basically crash test dummies. Yeah, they're in a car that's like like being pulled backwards in front of. Uh, there's there's a target at the other end, you yeah. know. And John and Harvey are both in like orange like jumpsuits with helmets on, like sat in the car. Harvey taps John on the shoulder. It's like you know what you have to do, John. It's like put take your hand off me. I like that they're both smoking again. Just like uh, yeah. <laughs> Throws that thing away, get grabs the lighter, throws it out the window, and like, and so what have I told you about smoking in my head? He doesn't say it, but I like that Harvey keeps smoking in John's head. Yeah, and so he's like, no, okay, racking up backwards. Mm-hmm. Harvey just says like, you know what you have to do? Crash the module, veer into the wall of the wormhole. Then no more star leak. And he grabs John's shoulder, and John says, "Don't touch me." And we flash back out. And he says to Salik, like, please don't touch me. We flash back in. He says, don't ever touch me. And I like that difference in tone. Yeah. It's but good. he's very careful with Salik, but very firm with Harvey. And But uh, what John says is, look, if I do that, then everybody dies. And I, do you really think Arkner will be a kindler, gentler soul? Ah, uh, who cares? You'd have done your duty. Somebody else's problem. And then we flash back out and Salik's like, there's no wormhole here. It's like, it's just a little late. And we actually, um, we cut inside for a second mm-hmm. and we have Arkna has Aaron brought in front of her and says I've been informed that you plot escape I'm like no, I have no I, I have no idea what you're talking about, about. well this, this, she says we have no weapons what are we gonna do it's like no none here but perhaps outside she calls to her firing officer to fire and also oh, also she taunts Aaron saying like I promise you you will never be reunited with your baby I bet that's what your mother wanted to believe as well it's like how brave you are and then she goes onto the throne okay open fire and they the officers they fire and the cannons hit Lola floating outside it's like it hits nothing and then just Lola's cloak flashes for a second and then it's gone again and they fire again and again yeah everyone's like okay you proved your point you proved and then they just keep firing and obliterate Lola yeah and Ooh. yeah Lola's been destroyed we cut inside Dargo and Chiana are like oh crap no no like uh-huh. head for the hatch run yeah Lola's been blown up oh shit I mean it's the end of the series so I guess they can start killing people now yeah, but, okay, so, before we get ahead of ourselves, Aaron and Yondalau talking, Yondalau says, like, can a Luxon not survive in space for about a quarter of an hour? And it's like, yeah, that's that's right. Don't know about Nabari, though. Yeah. But he's surprised by Scarron brutality, and mm-hmm. Scorpius, who's leaning against the wall, still not doing well. Yeah, like, they're back in the cell at this point, by the way. Yeah. But he says, like, the Scarron blood running through my veins knows more than you ever will, and there's a... I'm warm again. Oh, God. Oh. And, yeah, Tsukos is like, look, there's only one way out of here. We have to fight our way out. We, we, we clearly have nothing left. Yeah, once jo- John comes through that door, even if he does, which I don't think he will, then we 
make our move. Yeah. So now we go back to John and Starleek and mm-hmm. a wormhole does finally open up in front of Crichton's module. And Harvey, back inside John's head, Harvey keeps convincing, trying to convince him. It's like, just crash into the wormhole. It'll be over quick. And it's like, no, no, I'm doing what I have to do. And he like gets right up to the, the far end of the crash test dummy course. And he's like, right, John says, I have to protect my family. Mm-hmm. And Harvey's like, well, I hope it's a boy. It's like, boy, girl, doesn't matter. Either is fine. It's like, And it gets right up to the back. And Harvey looks over at him. He's like, buckle up. And the car just <laughs> flies towards the crash. And they, the best part is there's a quick cut inside through the dashboard of mm-hmm. the and there is a fluffy bunny on the dashboard oh god that's fantastic <laughs> i called that on the second like watch through of this bit i was like oh of course there is because harvey's there. yeah because harvey but so as as the car crashes into the uh target we then of course see the module fly down the wormhole and i, I like before they go in stalik and john have a conversation because stalik says so this is the source of your knowledge yeah that and cereal but bo- the back of cereal boxes <laughs> yeah and so they dive in you know navigating the wormhole left right like by, by the do, way ma- make sure your diaper is tied up correctly yeah says the, <laughs> the first one's always the worst yeah so he's you know navigating there's big music swelling as he's rushing through the wormhole it gets more dramatic you know shaking and then we actually see inside we see the the module like kind of basically phase out phase out slash go to warp inside the wormhole yeah and then it flashes and we're back on an iceberg in the void yeah we're back at einstein's place mm-hmm. and we john and starleek stand up and actually there's it's snowing very heavily like mm. almost like a blizzard and he's like look at me i'm rudolph the red-nosed reindeer all right, here we go. Einstein! And then, yeah, we sort of pan across and suddenly Einstein is just there. It's actually funny because this is the first time I think we can call the date of the w- day of the week because it's casual Friday. Because Einstein is wearing a very fun tie. It's it's more colored than usual. There's like different types of colors. <laughs> yeah. It's such a tiny thing before Einstein that looks like he's going really, really crazy. Yeah, and he walks forward and says, You should not have brought him here. Coming here was a mistake. And Starleek's like, who is this? This is Einstein, and I'd advise you to be nice. And Starleek's like, and goes to do the heat probe, and like Einstein just waves it, his hand, and Starleek's hand just gets blown back. He does it like two times. Yeah. And he's like, like no, look, it's not going to work. He can wrap time around his little finger. Stop it. Just behave. And of course, of course, Starleek then like looks at him and is like, hmm, Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how wormholes... Do you know how to wormholes? <laughs> yes. It's like, can wormholes be made into weapons? Yes. Well, then you will give me that power. And John says, whoa, 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 hang on. And he walks up to Einstein. Einstein, I am able to predict wormholes and even fly through them, correct? It's like, yes, with the rudimentary knowledge we've given you. Can I make a wormhole weapon? No. Why not? Because no one should have that power. Exactly. They're just pointing at Starleek. He grabs a handful of snow. It's like, this is your universe. And then he smushes it. It's like, this is your universe on wormholes. Mess with the natural order. You destroy multiple timelines. And Starleek is, of course, like, no, I must. And he, like, lunges for Einstein. And he just, like, holds his hand up. And he gets frozen in midair. Yeah, it's just frozen in time. And John just walks past and is like, humbling, ain't it? And he's going to have a chat with Einstein. Mm-hmm. Einstein says, returning here is wrong. It's like, but I have to protect the people I love. And it's like, 
They are unimportant to the greater agenda. Though. They are my greater agenda. And you owe me for putting this crap inside my head. It may soon be prudent to remove it. And John's like, amen, I want to be blonde again. It's took me a to realize, what is he talking about? It's too stressful. He's gone grey. He's gone grey. <laughs> and then uh, Einstein like disappears. Stalit becomes unstuck and is like... So you truly cannot create wormhole weapons? It's like No. No. Anyway, we should get back before Rigel damages your wife. <laughs> cannot make wormhole weapons. Now will you please leave me the frill alone? Yeah. So back aboard the Decimator, you know, Sokozo again is saying, like, if we have to escape, fight our way out. If Crichton walks through the door and Aaron's like, no, I won't go without my child. And at that, and then Crichton does come back in through the door. I like Sokozo's like, you should be dead. Oh, well, how's your date been? And he says, I saw wreckage on the way in. Aaron says, yeah, they killed Chiana and Dargo. And he's really very, very upset. At yeah, like, like that really hits him. And he explains that he's brokered the fact that they're going to give them Rigel back. And then Scorpius flips out. It's like, you gave them the keys to the universe just for a child? It's like, okay, no, I didn't. I have nothing to give. So all the chasing around the galaxy, Chiana, Dargo dying, it's all been for nothing. I like how he opens with just a tiny different line because he goes, no, I did it because they're such nice people. He just completely flips out and pisses off Scorpius through that. It's like, yeah, no, you know what? I now At this point, I'd give it just to spite you. But he couldn't because he can't give that knowledge because he doesn't have it so everything that they've been through has been for nothing yeah and Sokozu says well we still have no way out but um they were like okay Yondalau can you do this and earlier in the scene it's like he's not ready mm-hmm. but now at the end here of this scene he they look over at him the lines on his face are beginning to glow purple yeah it's like I have the power he's figured it out so then we see the Scarron nurse and Rigel she's about to inject something into him and he's like this will help with the pain it's like oh oh, oh good. good oh good oh, oh no, no what are you doing what are you doing and then Stalik comes in and is like whose orders override mine yeah nobody's like I had no choice and she just grabs her and snaps her neck yeah before before she can inject anything into Rigel and he tells Rigel he looks <laughs> Rigel's like, you will die when I order it. And I like Rigel's response. Just, okay, it's fine. It's fine by me. Sounds good. And so they walk out and Starleek finds Arkner on the bridge mm. and gets very angry. It's like, if the Hynerian had died, then my word would mean nothing. It's like, well, look, I found this Luxian ship. There was the presence of Scorpius and these creatures continually resist us. It means they should all die for the, for our own security. Hang on, who's in charge here? Yeah, exactly. That's basically what Starleague says. And he's also like, also, hold up. Scorpius is a former commander for peacekeepers. Aaron used to be a pilot. How much information could we get out of them? Yeah. Also, stop seeing vipers everywhere. Yeah, and he grabs her and it's like, never countermand my orders again. I mean, Ugh. had I been Salik? I mean, yeah, why does he keep Hockner alive? Exactly, or at <laughs> yeah. least in power. Yeah. I would have kicked her out long For ago. the Scarons, it's definitely a case of why does he keep her alive? Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's a political thing more than anything. She probably She's probably from a very influential family, and he can't kill her without having severe political repercussions. I would have fabricated this scandal like that. Yeah, that's a good like, point. Just get her out. Just get her. <laughs> I, I don't need her dead. I just need her off that place and put somebody in there who's competent or at least listens so now we cut outside and we cut out into space 
the final frontier. Yes. And we see Chiana and Dargo actually floating in the vacuum. And it's very like sad, uh, like choir music of the two of them just floating there. And Dargo's still conscious. Um, and he looks in Chiana's eyes and she's barely, barely conscious. We actually see like them floating. They're over the planet. They're over our nest. And we see the planet below them. And way in the background. And they kiss and it looks like they pass out. So they weren't destroyed with the Lola. They got out. But now it looks like they're fading from consciousness and they don't have a lot of time out in space. Oh, great. So they don't die of explosion, but they die of suffocation. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely upgrade. So back aboard the Decimator, Starleek grabs Rigel and like throws him into the cell with everybody else. It's like, I've done my part of the accord, but beyond that, I promise nothing. And Yondala walks up to him. It's like, Emperor, I understand that you uh, desire power. Acknowledgement of your personal intelligence and to gain acceptance in the upper echelon of civilization. What do you know about what I want? I simply say that, you know, there are many paths for... For you to accomplish your aims and... Salik responds with, War is our path. They would never take us seriously at the diplomatic table. Yes, we are, we are viewed as brutish and ignorant. But Yondalau says, you know, Well then, surely the greatest victory would be to prove them wrong. And without the loss of a single Scarant... And he touches Stalik and they're like... Argh. Yeah, the guards are like moving in, but Stalik tells them to wait. Like, without the loss of a single Scarant life. And he's, you know, emitting this purple glow and Stalik's like... I am listening, and walks off. I mean, even though the whole wibbly-jibbly magic of Yondalau, yeah. <laughs> he makes a pretty good point. Like, if that's what they really want, just being like, well, let's negotiate. It's like, oh, apparently they're not brutish animals. Huh. So now we cut back actually to the command carrier. Ah, yes. With Grazer and Grand Chancellor Marrick. Mm-hmm. And I think they're in Marrick's bedchamber again. Yeah. Marrick's saying, talking about Scorpius's obsession with Crichton. Mm-hmm. If you didn't tell me that Crichton's weapon was a myth, you know, this would be... If you hadn't told me that the Crichton's weapon was a myth and we had to shut down the wormhole technology, we might just still all be alive, Grazer. <laughs> That's not what he says, but... <laughs> yeah. But Grazer says, like, I... That was my belief, but this moment right now is not without opportunity. <laughs> it's like, uh... <laughs> I love how she manages to say, that was my belief, without saying, but I was wrong. <laughs> but basically what, what Marek says is that, okay, we know the Emperor's location, we can negotiate a treaty before our be- position becomes even more laughable. Yeah, and Grazer says, no, 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 we should strike, take out the head. The chaos should give us the upper hand and so she's mixing a drink or two drinks Mm -hmm. and remember also grazer is heavily pregnant and as we mentioned last time that's because rebecca riggs who plays grazer was actually this pregnant Mm -hmm. during filming so Mm -hmm. but uh she she's mixing these drinks and she takes off one of her earrings a very small silver earring drops it in one of the drinks and it fizzes up and i'm like oh of course, Grazer, you power-hungry idiot. And so she walks back over to Marek, gives him his drink, and she takes hers. And, you know, we can surprise the Scarron leader and decapitate the Empire. And But Marek says, no, I will not be the High Chancellor under whose rule peacekeeperdom ends. So I will not be remembered in history as yeah. that. And then he takes the drink and he goes, uh, 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 and... and Grazer, of course, says... No, you will not. And as he's like choking out on the floor, he's like, like, despite your station, you are weak. I'll say what I've said before. Death is preferable to subjugation under Scarron rule. They must be defeated. It's like, ah, crap, we had a chance at a peace talk. And 
Grazer killed the guy, and now we're going to have to have a war. God damn it. Is there anything Grazer hasn't ruined for the Peacekeepers at this point? <laughs> it's like her own ambition and, I guess, I don't know, like, ego, I suppose, mm. is what, like drives her and what really makes her screw up so often even the color blue as a color for makeup she has ruined because she wears it well it's kind of like silvery blue okay that's fine. okay so blue is still in style but silvery blue, blue still no, good. Yeah. nobody can really do anymore no <laughs> so now we cut back to a completely different ship yeah there are a bunch of luxons aboard this ship Mm-hmm. And a very ugly Luxon as well. A very Luxon who's not looking too good. Mm-hmm. And a Nabari. In fact, it's Dargo and Chiana aboard a Luxon ship. Yeah, and the first shot we actually see is the screen fading in on, like I said, a very ugly Luxon. And then Chiana goes, Joffy? Yeah, because he's had tentacles cut and his nose is a bit different. And, okay, so, yes, it is Joffy. No, it is not the same actor who played him the first time. Oh, not? I thought it was. No, it's not. If you go back and compare the two, you see they are definitely different people. And this is one of those cases of, like, contracts and timing and, Mm. you know, things not working out, but wanting to have Jothy in the story anyway. So, yeah, originally Jothy was played by the Australian actor Matt Newton. And in this, uh, in Peacekeeper Wars, he's played by Nathaniel Dean. Okay. Because, actually, I, I noticed that he had a completely different makeup on, but I thought it was the same actor, because he does the voice very well. Yeah, he does. And, you know, unfortunately, it was it was basically the case that he was unable to get, you know, unable to work out the timing to play Joffy uh, originally. So, you know, we had this actor filling in, and yeah, he does a good job. But the, I think it's important that we have, like, <laughs> say, Joffy? It's like, oh, right, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Dargo's son. Oh, also, yeah. yeah. It's Joffy, because everybody's getting back together now, because it's the end of everything. It was it was kind of time he showed up anyway, but mm. yeah. But now he's in command of a bunch of other Luxons. He's he's what they call a cleaver, which one of the, yes. the other Luxons explains, like, it means he's he's got brains and we just like to fight. But they're aboard a more advanced Luxon ship mm-hmm. that rescued them while they, uh, they were floating out there in space. Yeah, apparently they've been trailing the Emperor's ship for a quite a while now and it's like how haven't they spotted you they found us it's like okay this ship is a little more advanced than your old ship <laughs> it's like we're three generations beyond lola i mean yeah it was an ancient luxon ship so yeah so i, I do appreciate the fact that it's like yes it was an ancient luxon ship that doesn't mean its technology is better that's the no. opposite of what it should be yeah so he actually gets once dargo wakes up and sees him like he actually just punches him <laughs> it's like they didn't yeah it didn't go well the last time they they met each they other. They did not part on good terms. No. But they're hanging basically right next to the decimator in like cloak mm-hmm. and so they're just like hanging out. And like we were we would have taken them out, but the, you know, this is a heavily fortified ship, we can't do it. It's like, no, here, here and here. And yeah. they point you know, D- Dargo has like the scan that they took mm-hmm. a little chip and puts it in. It's like, no, these spots shoot them and they go down. And they I like that the that Jothy looks at the data is like I could take them out in four perfect shots. And Chiana and Dargo, in sync, say, three. <laughs> and Jothy looks at him like, what? <laughs> a little bit annoyed, but it's good. Okay, so, back aboard the Decimator in the cell, everybody sat around. Uh, there's, like, little benches at the side. Mm-hmm. And so we have Rigel's lying down on one, 
Uh, Aaron Scorpius, Jonslaus, Sakozu, Starly, Crichton. They're all sitting around, and I think Crichton, like, there's a there's a tray with some drinks on it. Yeah, Stark walks around, gives everybody a drink. And and it's like, okay, Crichton says, all right, you cross the T's, you dot the lowercase J's, and we're good to go. But, like, we're getting into Federation territory here. Yeah, and Yondalao says, Emperor Starly, could you review the accord you wish us all to agree to? Uh, but of course, at the center of the ma- uh, matter is that people believe that John has wormhole technology. If he stands next to me when I de- make the declaration for peace or an offering, he- they'll assume that he gave us the military edge and wormhole technology. Scorpius is then like, well, the Grand Chancellor is no fool. He would agree to peace rather than fight a war he knows he would lose. He doesn't know that yeah, yeah, yeah. Barak well, is like, dead and that uh, Grazer is, yeah. Grazer would. Grazer definitely would. <laughs> And then I love that Starleek is like, oh, being benevolent, of course, you know, I would make a treaty that uh, favours us in mining rights and trade balance, but of course allows complete self-rule of peacekeeper territory. He's being very gracious and nice about this whole thing. I like that he's like, look, 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 let's be all clear. We won this war. We're getting the trade and mining rights. No discussion about that. We are we are winning this. But of course, you know, complete self-rule for the peacekeepers because I'm so nice, you know. They can figure that shit out themselves. They don't really care. They just want all this stuff. Well, that, that's not the attitude he's taking, though, right? Like, No, 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 no. But I, I, I like that it's still clear. It's like, yes, we will make peace and sure they can rule themselves. We won this war. We're gaining from this. And uh, at one point, he like taps John on the shoulder, like by my side, and John's like, mm-hmm. smiles about it. And it's like, and John's like, after that, I'm out, right? It's like, oh, you will be released upon signing. And they're like, all right, this is all going well. This is all great. Fireball. <laughs> Arkner bursts in, throws a fireball like heat probe on Yondalao, smacks him up against the wall, and really badly hurts him. I like that we don't even see Akna come in. It's just they're having this nice conversation. Somebody's in mid sentence, and they just fireball to the face. Yeah, and he just bump up against the wall, and like the glow goes out, and Starlink is like, huh? What is the meaning of this? Ah! He does. He doesn't flip out like that. He just stands up, looks very angry, and it's like, well, apparently these eidolons are dangerous like that. And Akna questions like, "What you want? You actually want peace? What are you talking about? Why would you negotiate with an enemy that you are beating? Yeah, you're certain to destroy them. Why are you going to do this?" And kind of storms off, and then Starleek like looks down at Yondalak. Like, "Free! If you have a prayer for the dying, you should probably say it." Yeah, and leaves really angry. And so Yondalak is dying. He's passing over. Stark's like, "No, no, no, no!" And he's passing over. I can feel it. No, no, no. He's. Oh God! Oh God! He has the knowledge of the Eidolons. And John grabs. It, like, tell, give him the last rites. No, no, like, no. Do, no, do no, your I, thing. No, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And John's like, "No, you can take his gift and you can protect it." And John Stark's like, no, 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 I won't do it. And so I think John just grabs... Yeah, Stark. John and Aaron just grab him, shove him, put his face right up to Yondalao's face, remove the mask, and Stark just screams. Yeah, and like the light comes out, and then there's the purple light from Yondalao, and it mm-hmm. mixes with that. And yeah, Stark's not doing this willingly. No. And then he, he passes out, and they put the mask back on. And I like that John says, what have we done? I don't know, think that... Maybe two seconds ago? Think that before you do this, not after yeah. you do this. But so he receives it, and then Yondalao dies. Mm. And we see Rigel starts shaking, and Aaron's like, okay, no, we, we have to transfer the baby now. He's not doing well. We have to transfer the baby now. Okay, so Yondalao is dead. Maybe Stark has what we need. 
So that chance for peace might still exist. Okay, we need to transfer the baby. That's fine. Okay, that's good. Hang on. Is there gas entering the room? Yeah. Basically, it just starts filling up with gas from the walls. And it's like, oh, crap. And Scorpius looks. It's like, ah, oh, yes, this gas they use on specimens. They wish wish to dissect while they're still alive. Yeah, thank you. Great. Yes, fantastic. Fantastic. That's good. And uh, John and Aaron, like, and Aaron looks at John and says, you've ruined my life. Yeah. Like, I, I know. And so gas is filling up. It's like, how are we going to get out of here? We don't know. And so that's where, almost where we, where part one of Peacekeeper Wars ends Mm -hmm. on like the DVDs. But we actually have a shot of the scene of John on the bed aboard Moya, which we mentioned at the beginning of the last episode. Mm -hmm. And it's Moya being, uh, that looks like it's been very badly damaged. John's just lying there. We hear Aaron's voice. And we hear a baby crying in the background. Mm-hmm. And Aaron is saying, this war is not your responsibility. But Crichton says, how am I supposed to protect you from peacekeepers and the Scarons and the Trogans and lions and tigers and bears? It's like, this is what you want. It's like, no, no it's-, it's not what I want. I keep looking for other solutions and I just keep coming back to this. I- I'm trying to find another way out, but fate keeps blocking all the exits. Mm-hmm. No matter what I do, it just keeps circling closer to the flame. And we see like a massive fiery black hole, wormhole eating a ship and yeah, yeah yeah that's where part one of the peacekeeper wars ends but that's not where this episode of fast get rewatch ends because nope. we continue with the beginning of peacekeeper wars part two all right so now we continue with uh part two of part fast get peacekeeper wars Mm-hmm. and this is uh actually i kind of realized like this may be a bit awkward if you're watching on the dvds but ah, i think it's fine it's it makes sense for us to do it this way like i said at the start it keeps us sane yeah it's, and it, it's a nice balance otherwise we have to do a lot more recording over mm. a lot longer period of time and it's breaking it up less evenly anyway mm. but we'll we'll take it from the top because of course with the beginning of part two we have a you know a recap of part one basically mm-hmm. And goes through all the stuff that's happened so far. And then once that's done, we then we're back aboard the de- uh, the decimator and gas is filling the room and Rigel is shaking and Aaron basically grabs Rigel, holds him up above the fumes. Yeah, holds him up above her head. It's like, uh, 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 wait. John's like, hang on, is this stuff flammable? And uh, Scorpio says, yes, at high temperatures... Uh, which he says as he like like starts stroking Sokozo on the shoulder, and Crichton like points out, it's like right, okay, can you ignite it? It's like yes, I I can, but I, my receptor's being scrambled by all this gas. It's like okay, okay, we can get you above that. That's fine. And it's like one, two, three, huh, picks her up. She sticks to the ceiling, and then she's like, okay, everybody find cover. It's just like whoa, 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 hang, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Does this explode? So I can direct it. Okay, good. So they go and basically get into a corner or high up as they can go. Mm-hmm. And Sokozu's on the ceiling. Now remember, Sokozu is basically an advanced, like, bioloid cyborg kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we've seen her, like, do the radiation trick with the Scarens and, you know, light fires in the previous part of uh, Peacekeeper Wars. So this isn't a weird thing. No. Really. I mean, it's weird, but not for Sokozu. So she, like, like curls her fingers around and they sort of light up with uh, a glow and then she, like sparks up the gas which then blows out the front and explodes and there are two charred guards at the front of the mm. door and they just get knocked back and i like that the explosion hits 
and then we get Peacekeeper Wars. Yeah. It's like, yes, <laughs> opening with a bang. And so uh, there's a, you know, of course, explosion rocks the ship. Starleek's like, what was that? And Arkner's like walking along with a crew of Scarrens. Like, we will find out. And outside in the stealth ship at the Luxons, they realize like, oh, shit, something's going down. There was an explosion there. Oh, the, that must be John. Okay, let's let's get into action. So they decloak, take the three shots. They need to take out the ship. Yep. Then Crichton and the others, they, they just like go through the hole that made in the door. Scorpius is carrying Sokozu because mm-hmm. she's kind of worn herself out. They pick up weapons from the chariots who are outside. And Scorpius is like, okay, well, we, need, we also need a plan. And Rigel is really doing very badly. And so they're in the corridor kind of like holding out. And Aaron says like, right, now, we need to transfer the baby now. But now? Yes, he's losing his pulse. And at that point, Dargo comes and them. It's like, where are you? We're coming to get you. And John's like, what the hell? I'm hearing dead people. D, where are you? It's like, long story. Do you want to ride? Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, we're coming in. And they, they basically bring their little ship to the side of the, uh, of the decimator, extend the little tube that attaches to the hull, and just blow a hole in, in yeah. the wall taking out two more guards yeah and so you know the Luxon commandos file in like hut, 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 you know taking shots and Dargo and Jothi are there as well and I'm actually impressed with how effective their weapons are against Scarens yeah they're big guns though. it takes seven eight shots but it still takes out a Scaren which is and, and they rapid fire these things very quickly and so you know like we have Dargo's quarter blade which is split down the middle uh, as a rifle mm-hmm. these are blades but they have the rifle part is basically on along the top yeah and so uh, they're you know shooting up some scarons and chariots jothy tells chiana it's like okay stay aboard the ship call peacekeeper command to confirm our coordinates yeah because of course this is the this the luxons are working with the peacekeepers as we know they have a truce yeah and so uh up aboard up on where the rest of them are there's the uh the guards are pouring in they're shooting at them mm-hmm. like scorpio's like i'm running out of ammo and john's like and Aaron's like, transfer the baby now. And he's like, oh, John's like, okay. And he grabs the apparatus. I like that he grabs the apparatus. He and Rachel's unconscious. And John's like, I'm so glad you're not conscious for this. Pulls down his pants. And it's like, you may feel a slight pressure. And he's like, ah! and he just sits up. And just, John just puts his hand about over his, over Rachel's mouth. Just shut up and try to work here. And now we see like, John's like got the other end and he's like cleaning it. And it's like, right. Okay, turns to Aaron's like, okay, baby, just, like, hold still. And she's like, yep, no, and she's, like, leaning out, shooting with a pistol. I, it's like, yeah, I like this, like, yeah, no, it's fine. Hang on, bang, bang, shoot somebody yeah. <laughs> down the corner. So the okay. way this is shot, it's basically from, we see Aaron, like, obviously from the waist up, mm-hmm. but we hear, like, shuffling and, like, okay, so, you know, he's yeah. having to insert and we we see like like he's crouched down stark is also crouched down right there and we see a cut of stark's yeah. face just being like oh <laughs> <laughs> i had that in my notes as well stark's face is priceless at this point like, he has these big bags under his eyes because it, it's yeah it's also like cranky because it's like yep. hey you yep. want to kill something stark ah, okay not maybe not <laughs> um but yeah his face is fantastic as he's like I also like that John says, because uh, Aaron says, get it right the first time. John's like, I, nobody ever gets it right the first time. And so we hear, like, we see Aaron, like, from, like, the waist up, like, from shot from underneath. And we see her just go, uh, you know, grimace as we, as John puts the, the, uh, the tube in. And then there's, like, a noise, like a thump. And he's, she's like, oh. I don't think there's a, I don't think there was a thump. What was it? It was like a, no, it's not that noise. Um, <laughs> 
No, but but there is like there is a moment like where a slide whistle. Yeah, there is a moment where it gets taken out of Rigel and put into yeah, Aaron, like, and Aaron reacts. Like, and she's like, "Oh, oh, I, I felt that." Okay, I'm pregnant again. I was like, "Congratulations!" And then you know, pulls the pants up and like, "Right, okay, let's." Then goes back to shooting things. I, I also like that she that she says to John's like, uh, "Thank you." welcome yeah it's, it's a very like, cheery response and they're like i'm pregnant again and john's smiling and of course scorpio's like i'm running out of ammo jesus way to ruin a moment scorpius so okay where's dargo and the others like like where are they They should be here by now and then from a grate in the floor you hear hey stop being idiots and look down like hey d where are you it's like yeah what's up how can we get to you it's like hold back and they start shooting at the grating mm-hmm. but it's pulse resistant so they can't get yeah. through so scorpius being the hot hat that he is is like everybody stand back and he pulls out two of his overheated rods just tosses them onto the grate there's a large fiery explosion it's like it's like i think it's like thermite just chewing yeah, through yeah. the grate so like, all right, let's go. Women and children first. And like, <laughs> Aaron jumps down. Mm-hmm. I like that she jumps down. And she's just like, good to see you. And she just gives Dargo a kiss on his uh, cheek. You look good. I'm pregnant again. Congratulations. The the casual sort of danger dialogue with it. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. And then Starcup is like, no, no, I don't want to. Ah! And he gets basically pushed down the yeah. hole. <laughs> John grabs Rigel's like, catch. Throws him down. Everybody jumps down. And I think John's the last one to get down. Scorpius is the last one to go down. Because oh, John sorry, says... Yes. Feel free to cover me, <laughs> to keep covering over here. Whoop. Yep, and jumps down. And when Crichton jumps down, though, he lands in front of Jothy. He's like, whoa, holy crap. It's good to see you, Deep. Holy crap, Jothy? He's like, what? I know, right? I was like, I'll explain later. I was like, okay. And so now they're moving out. They keep firing, shooting their way out. Mm-hmm. Moving towards their ship. And Starleek's yelling. It's like, fix the ship immediately. Find out what's happening. The Peacekeeper Armada must be on its way here. Yeah, they know where we are. Holy shit. And so everybody gets back aboard the Luxon ship. One of the Luxons gets shot by a Scarron. And Chiana's like, you guys are a mess. Good to see you, Chiana. Don't know what you were doing while we were making this escape. <laughs> I know you, you were doing something important, but still. Yeah. And so they detach and fly away from the Decimator. And Crown's uh, like, hey, Joffy, you've uh, you've grown. And it's like, oh, well, it's the suit. And then Aaron asks, like, is this a planned reunion? And everybody gets really awkward and quiet. Oh, I guess not then. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then Crichton says, like, we got any backup? Jothy says, no, we don't need it. We're fine. Scarons can't maneuver. They can't fire. We're good to go. And on the decimator, Starleek's, like, turning to Arkham. like, well, the armada has been detected on the outer perimeter of the system. This is all your... Basically, like, get really angry at Arkner. And all she does is just bow her head in shame. So you keep frelling things up. It's like, to be <laughs> fair, this is not her fault entirely. She does keep screwing things up. Oh yeah, up. she does. She does. She absolutely does. So yeah, the Luxon ship heads back to Moya, actually. And they just get out of there. We see, you know, Moya flying through space. We cut inside. Sokozu is repairing Scorpius's coolant system. Mm-hmm. Installing a nice new one with the multiple rods. Screws into his head. And she, she asks... Scorpius, like, when are we going to stop following John around and actually make our own agenda again? And he's like, we already have. Sokozu says, but he says he can't, he insists he can't make a wormhole weapon. Oh, that's just humans being humans, saying that they can't do something while they actually can. They, they're not prepared to do what needs to be done. Yeah, they want to avoid action they insist that they will never take. It's mm-hmm. like, so he'll help us. It's like... Never, says Scorpius, but he will help Aaron and his new child. Yeah, and as he says this, he starts undressing 
Sikozu. Yeah, and we cut away. And so the Luxon ship departs, actually, from where. Oh, yeah. Ah, but Jothi is still on board. and Well, Dargo wants to talk, talk to him. Because I like that Dargo, as the ship is leaving, he says, I, uh, I'd like to talk to uh, Jothi. And Jothi just comes up behind him and is like, go ahead. And they're up on command. Dargo's leaning over a console. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an awkward, you know, moment. And... There's some tension, and Dargo basically, he just turns to Jothi and says, Chiana was the first person since your mother that I really cared about. That's really great for you, and I'm very happy that you're getting back together again. And Dargo tells Jothi, he's like, look, okay, <sighs> trust takes time. And Jothi agrees with him. So they're on the path to, you know, reconciling mm-hmm. this, but it's it's going to take time, and it's still a bit awkward and tense at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and the reason Jothi stayed behind, actually, as the ship was leaving, is because Jothi's like, you're gonna need a guide to get through Peacekeeper territory, and I can actually do that. Yeah, we found out last time that Scorpius doesn't work anymore nope. for that. So, so they have Jothi for that now. We then see Crichton in his quarters. Aaron's lying down on the bed. Aaron is now visibly pregnant. Oh, yeah, hell pregnant. Like, like she's got a, a belly, and, you know, she's just lying there. And uh, John comes in, sits down. There's the chessboard and other stuff mm. in his quarters. He's thinking about something, and we he's looking around, you know, quiet. And I mean, we we don't know what he's thinking, but it's it's clear that he's thinking something because it cuts to different points where he's like standing in the hangar bay, looking at his module on the outside, just flicking a few switches, and then we see him inside the module, and it flies out of Moya. Yeah, and we also cut to Stark, very distressed, and. Mm. He's yelling and like Crichton goes off in the module, and this is after you know he looks like kind of sadly at Aaron and the child, and he's like yeah. contemplating something. Then he flies off in the module. Aaron goes up to command, and Dar goes there, and you know it's like we know we can see the comms are open. Like, come on, what are you doing, John? Come back. John just flicks a few switches to turn the comm off, and then a wormhole appears. John flies down it. Huh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. And they're and aboard Moya, they're like. What is he doing? He just disappears. Mm-hmm. Before we can see where he's gone, though, we cut to the command carrier. Yes, because Grazer is standing at the um, at the command, and, and an officer approaches her and is like, "High Chancellor Merrick is dead." Before that, though, because there's a, there's a basically a report playing on like a hologram screen, mm-hmm. and it's Braca and a bunch of peacekeepers. Oh right, yes, they're on uh, the planet. They're on um, the the water planet, trying to defend it from the Scarens. Yeah. And uh, there's like, we can't, we've been hit too hard. There are Scarens everywhere. Uh, and it's like a really bad and Braca and his crew don't look in good shape. Mm-hmm. But yes, then comes in, says Ch- Grand Chancellor Marek is dead. And to Grace's credit, she takes that loss incredibly well. Oh yes, she handles it very gracefully. Yes, yes. It's almost like she, like, she already knew. <laughs> it's like, a great tragedy for our people. Arrange a shipwide memorial service. Yeah. Like, Mom. And then order the fleet to Captain Braca's location. Uh, Mom, the um, sub-chancellor is um, coming this way. Um, shouldn't he be on the, the board this ship? And then she like, turns on him and says, Don't let the belly fool you, Lieutenant. Like, what is my rank? And he's like, Com- Commandant. It's like, does anybody outrank me here? It's like, no, 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 ma'am. It's like, good. Then please send my apologies to the vice chancellor for the extra distance he will have to travel to reach us. Yeah. I'm in charge now. Yes, ma'am. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Mm. And so then we cut back to the Scarens and Arkna says to Starleague, it's like, 
you are right. My spy informs me, me that the water planet is populated by Eidolons. And it's like, right, well then we must go full speed to the water planet. Crying's not our only threat. Also, there's a point in this conversation, I can't remember exactly when it is, but Stalik says, well, then they're not the only thrilling threat out there. Like, whoa, Emperor's sh- swearing. Yeah, he's got very, very upset by this whole thing. There goes the composure. He says, inform me when every Eidolon is dead. And then we cut away. Okay, then. And where we cut to is where Crichton is. Crichton's gone down the wormhole, and as you may have figured out, he's mm-hmm. gone back to Einstein's place yep. again. There's snow and ice again. It's like, Einstein! And Einstein pops up and he's like, it's time. Unlock the knowledge. I have to make peace. And Einstein looks at him and... We get that same exchange we yeah, had before. Yeah, I love that this is where we where we go again. Yeah, the callback, because it's time flies. Time bandits. Time wounds all heals. Time. Rosemary and time. Time. Time ends. Yeah, that's what... You, I like the time ends that John says. And though, so then we have, we have a shot side on of... Crichton and Einstein and Einstein reaches out his arm to John's head mm-hmm. and I love I love actually this bit because as as he does this it's still snowing really heavily and the but it gets even heavier yeah it goes almost to like a blizzard and it like whites out and then there's a flash as Einstein unlocks the knowledge mm-hmm. and we cut straight back to John aboard Moya stumbling through the corridors with a cut above his left eyebrow that's bleeding heavily. It's almost as in his temple. Yeah, like bleeding very heavily and he's staggering around. First of all, he runs into Scorpius. He's like, you have it now, John. The power to make wormholes and take wormhole weapons. And he's like, shut up, Scorpius. And Scorpius just grins and kind of looks upwards. Mm-hmm. In fact, we then actually have a flash inside John's head. Yes. Harvey. I love this scene. <laughs> so this one is they're basically at a construction site mm-hmm. and there's a there's a car that they're leaning over. They're both wearing suits and Harvey's got a hard hat on and he's got like two, you know, women with him who are basically, you know, like models to, you know, show this thing off. Honestly, they look more like um actual personnel because they're wearing nice like formal clothing. Am I being very naive in this one? Yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they were wearing that, though. No, they were, but okay. they were definitely, like, models and, like, oh, yes. Let me oh, yeah, I know that. The behavior, definitely. Yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, like, that incredibly horrible stereotype of the yeah. secretary sleeping with the boss. Yeah, basically, that they're, like, the sexy ladies there to, you know point at the sign it's like yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very much a harvey move and um th- th- he's like congratulations he's putting on a fake american accent again it's reminding me of the accent that wayne pigram put on when he played john's father like this kind of scaring father it's a lot more played up though where he's Ooh, like, yeah congratulations john damn it's big yeah and and in this vision inside john's head he's still bleeding from the same yeah, place yeah yeah and he, the, but then, like, Harvey unrolls some plans on the hood of the car. He's like, you know, these plans for a wormhole weapon, they're very complicated, but we can do it. With projects for both of us. Yeah, and there's, like, a giant sign behind them that says... Yeah. Um, it's Harvey and John's construction and engineering. Wormhole weapons to the stars. And John's like, John and Harvey's like, I can make us a new sign. <laughs> I love that Harvey put his name first. It's such a tiny detail, but it works so well in this scene. Also, the billboard is just the pictures of, like, giant cannons on it. But John's, like, not having any of it. 
He's like, no, look, we're working on my schedule, not yours. You're fired. We cut back outside. And so John has managed to make it to his quarters, still bleeding profusely. Mm-hmm. And Aaron is there. So it's like, I didn't want you to do this. No, 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 Aaron, Aaron. Your line should be, are you okay? Do you require medical attention? I see you are bleeding from your temple. But John <laughs> says like, no, okay, no, you did. Everybody wanted to see this. The big wormhole weapon. Everybody wanted to see it. No. He's not wrong. I, I, I kept track. I know Stalik asked it. Uh, Scorpius asked it. Dargo asked it. I think mm-hmm. Pilot might have even at some point asked it if he could. I don't know if Pilot did, but there were definitely a lot of people who wanted this wormhole weapon. Mm. Grazer, obviously, as well. Rigel, definitely. Rigel, yeah. Probably yeah. brought it up at some point. Like, a lot of people have been talking about this. Everybody wants to see it, as John, like, as John rightfully says. Aaron says then that, you know, no, I wanted to see the war end through peace, but Crichton's like, no, okay, we can't do that. Like, it's not going to work. Like, Stark and the Eidolons, it's a long shot at best. Like, where the hell's my pen? Where the hell's my pen? I need to write equations with my pen. But Aaron keeps repeating. It's like, no, this is what you want. This is what you want. No, it's not what I want. I want I want to protect you. It's like, again, this is where we have the line that was, you know, foreshadowed and echoed in the end of the part one. Mm. It's not what I want. It's just that fate keeps blocking all the exits. No matter what I do, I keep circling closer to the flame. Well, then pull up. It's like, well, this, is, this isn't your responsibility. And he's like, no, you and the baby are my responsibility. And how am I supposed to protect you from everyone? With this? And he takes out his pistol? No. I, this is supposed to protect you from, like, everybody? It's too small. It's not enough. No gun is big enough. Yeah. But again, she says, like, we have Stark and the Eidolons. It's like, it's not enough. But this knowledge in my head, that's enough. It will protect you and the baby. And I like that Aaron says, hey... You don't protect me. We protect each other. And uh, Aaron's like, oh. And she feels a kick from the baby. It's like, mm-hmm. I, can, I can really feel it inside of me. And things have kind of calmed down a little bit. But John's still like, no, I, I have to do this. Mm. And so we go up to the kitchen. <laughs> There's a bunch of food out. And Rigel is crying. <laughs> and Ry- and Chiana's attempting to feed Stark, who's basically staring into middle He's distance. Catatonic. She's just trying to put the spoon to his face and just mouth and just makes his face dirty. That's yeah. Weird. And <laughs> Jothy's there and he says, you know, I don't remember him being like this, talking about Rigel. What's with the waterworks? Uh, says Chiana. I miss the baby. <laughs> <laughs> And then at that, Stark comes out of the trance and is like, it's the chemical imbalance in his system from the withdrawal, but he'll get better. It's like, Stark, you okay? He's like, yes, I'm quite fine, actually. Oh. You're acting way too calm, Stark, for yeah. your usual self. He's swung completely from, like, complete mania to, like, no, I'm totally fine. What's I do not the have problem? emotions anymore. Yeah. I will kill you in your sleep. Sorry, <laughs> he doesn't say that. No, uh, it would have. It, it could have come out of his mouth. And it yeah, been that true. weird. So it cut to uh, pilot's chamber, and Crichton has got eighteen twelve projecting a hologram of some wormhole equations. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, here's the plans for the wormhole weapon. Basically, it says I can't do it without yours and Moya's help. But pilot has some reservations. Yeah, because he's like, so this would be used as a weapon. Yeah, and it can kill. Tens of thousands of people. Yeah, for starters. Would you be able to use this weapon? And Crichton is like, uh, yeah, I would. He says yes with fear in his eyes. Yeah, a little bit. It's like, yeah, 
Yeah, it would. The fact that he says yes terrifies him, I think. Yeah, and it terrifies Pilot as well because he says, then I don't know you as well as I thought. And and so Crichton then pulls out his pulse pistol again. It's like, so you're going to start with me, Commander? <laughs> and it's like, no, what do you do if you, someone puts a gun to your head? What do you do, Pilot? What do you do? You defend yourself. Pilot says, but nobody's holding a gun at your head. And Crichton's like, oh, come on, everybody's pointing a gun at my head. Scarens, peacekeepers, everyone. And Pilot's like, there are other options. It's like, yes, but explain that to the tens of millions of people who are going to die in the meantime. But Pilot continues, is that your only concern, or is it Aaron and your unborn offspring you want to protect? And John says, they're my family, Pilot. And he cr- actually, at this point, he crawls into Pilot's uh, seat, just right next to him, and he grabs his face, and like, it begin- everything begins with family. Mm, I like that line. Oh, I like that line so much! So good, it's so good. it's entirely true! Yeah, everything begins with family. And if you look back at season one, yeah. what did we say the overarching theme of season one family. was? Family. It was family. And also, I, as I was thinking for this, the very first episode, it begin almost practically begins... With the talk between John and his dad, his family at that point. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. yes, everything does begin with family. And but now this is who his family is now, and mm-hmm. that's what his first responsibility is too. And so Moya has you know starbursted now to the the water planet, mm-hmm. and as soon as they exit starburst, Scarron fighters come in and start shooting at them. Yep, I was like, oh, 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 god, oh god. Pilots reporting like the Eidolon city's under attack, and like. We're trying to get out of here, but like pilot, why are we going towards that? There's a command carrier out there. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are we going towards that command carrier? It's like, it's not me, it's Moya. And Moya pulls this fantastic stunt where she goes over the command carrier. She does a she sp- spins on her axes 180 and then just pulls what re- relative to her is then up, skimming just past the command carrier, probably scraping off the Scarum fighters. And just diving down towards the planet. I'm like, beautiful, beautiful flying. Then they're like, okay, we're heading through the atmosphere. It's like, where are we headed? It's like, for the ocean. What? It's like, what's Moya doing? Like, they crash down into the ocean. It's like, and we go, like, Moya goes deep into the ocean, approaching the bed Mm -hmm. of it. And I like that people say, can Moya do that? And it's like, well, she's just done it. Dargo's like, they, she should be watertight. <laughs> and I love that I love that Sikosu points out how stupid that is. Yes. Because she says, like, no, the pressure differential between underwater and the vacuum of space is immense. It's not going to be watertight. Also, and I like that John says this, like, harpoon holes notwithstanding. Also, though, that Sikosu's is a great point because it's like, if another future armor quote, it's like, how many atmospheres can this uh, ship take, Professor? It's like, well, it's a spaceship, so anywhere between zero and one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh crap! And yeah, they do start taking on water, leaking in through uh, cracks in the hull. Yep, and it's just leaking. It's just like gushing down in little waterfalls. Yeah. And like, how are we going to get to? The, we ha- we have to get to the islands. How do we do that? It's like, okay, let's take a transport pod. Yeah, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. A transport part. If Moya's leaking, the def- the transport part will definitely leak. So Sikosa says, so we'll just have to make one watertight. Yeah. So they go to do that. And, you know, we're now at the bottom of the ocean. Moya's creaking, taking on water. And everyone looks around like, wait a minute, where's Stark? And I also like that Dargo goes like, Gianna, Gianna! But Gianna responds immediately like, I'm fine. Don't get your me vonks in a twist. And it's like, but they don't hear from Stark. So they're like, nope. oh, crap, we got to go looking for him. Okay. 
Split the tears, you go there, you go there, because Pilot can't find him. And Shana says he kind of flipped out when he heard the Scarans were attacking the Eidolons. And so they go searching. Uh, Eren goes to the armory to get some weapons. And uh, Crichton and Dargo basically go to look for uh, Stark. Yep. And they can't find him. Then, you know, there's, this tear is like, you know, halfway, like full of water. And, mm-hmm. and John says, like, I know what it's like to have something in your head that everyone wants and yeah. that shouldn't be there in the first place. And it's trying to get out. Yeah, and don't worry, we'll take it out of your head once this is done. We better. Yeah. <laughs> the last line is like, you're not talking about Stark anymore, are you, John? Not just Stark. I like that, because that, that parallel, when I heard it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, a good yeah, point. Yeah. So now we see peacekeepers reporting that the carrier is approaching the water planet. There's another damaged carrier being bombarded. Mm-hmm. Grazer gets told that they haven't found the Scaran Emperor's vessel, but we do still have the element of surprise. She's like, right, attack everybody equally. Shock wears off quickly, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm like, no, no, focus your fire on specific targets. She's like, no, go in, shoot everything. Every ship ah. losing one or two guns is not as interesting as one or two ships just being blown up. Yeah, she doesn't make the most sound tactical decisions. So, Grazer not making the most sound tactical decisions. Amazing. Le shock. <laughs> and so, back aboard Moya, we see Dargo searching for Stark, and he finds Shiana. And she actually gets a look on her face and says to him, it's like, you know, you know how I'll often say I'll do something and then change my mind completely? Even though I was completely sincere at the start? He's like, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm go- coming with you to Hyneria. He's like, you want to know why? Because you like Hynerians? He's like, not so much. But I like you. And then they kiss. And it's like, all right. Okay. That's nice. These two kids. Can we please find Stark now? Yeah, let's go find Stark. Okay. Okay. That's good. Very nice moment. We got to find Stark. We're taking on water. Oh, God. (laughs) Please. Not now. Do your character development at a different time. Well, they don't have a different time. That's the thing. From here on out, it's all like, it's all a bad time. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. And so uh, we then see Aaron sitting in Pilot's Den. Oh, it's such a cute scene. And she's she's saying to the baby, like, what the different sounds are. Like, that's a DRD. That's, you know, Pilot. This is the sound of loading a cartridge of chakran oil into a field-ready pulse pistol. <laughs> I like that she does the, the, the like, the designations of the pistol as well. Like yeah, the M- yeah. M2K, uh... Whatever it is. And then, like, slams it in and there's, like, a big kick from the baby. She's like, oh, like that one. <laughs> and I like, it's like, you hear the groaning of uh, Moya's hole and that's... Moya under pressure. So she loads the weapon and stands up and Pilot asks, are you okay? Oh yeah, no, it's fine. The baby just kicked. And then he says that, well, we said no to John. Also, oh, I... I, Pilot doesn't call Crichton... Doesn't call him John very often. No. It's normally like Commander or Crichton. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we said no to John. It's like he's being a little bit more candid with Aaron, which is something... We know that yeah. you know, they have that special relationship. They have that They have that connection. And he's like, I know, I know you said no. And Pilot is explaining that, you know, Moira and I will have no part in mass murder. And Aaron points out, like, yes, but if we don't do anything, it's going to be even worse. It's like, well, is it not the Stark and the Eilons, isn't that preferable? It's like, I'm not sure they can do it, says Aaron. Yeah. We all want the same thing, peace. And he's like, hmm... So now we go into, I think it's like the maintenance bay that's half full of water. And we find Stark is sat on like a crate and Dargo 
It's actually here. clearly very, very bad because there's water in the background that's on fire. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when you know it's real bad. When the water is burning, you know you know you're in trouble. <laughs> and Stark's like, No, I'm fine, I'm sorry I ran away. I just the responsibility that's now within me, it's I'm I have Yondalao's knowledge. It's like, Alright, okay. Stark's like Stark, we have to go. Yeah, we need to go out of this tier. There's a lot of water and Stark's like, Yes. More water, and then a bunch like <laughs> like smashing through like the ceilings, just like massive jet of water. Yeah, and just flings them off their feet. It's like, um, and I think it's pilot. It's like, oh, that was the tier that they were in because Dargo had uh, already calmed in where they were. It's like that's the tier where they're in. And John's like, okay, I'm closest. Starts running, and uh, Chiana also runs along, and they find Dargo unconscious. Crichton finds Stark underwater. With his mask half off. Yeah. And normally the light that comes out of that half of Stark's face is like a yellow glowing light. Mm-hmm. Now it's purple. Eidolon purple. Yeah. And so Crichton like picks him up, like just holds the mask on his face, grabs him above water. Mm-hmm. Chiana like grabs Dargo, wakes him up. Yeah, because Dargo's like, before I went unconscious, I saw the most beautiful thing. He's like, what, what, a vision? What, what did you see? Like, I saw... A wall of water, and then the ground as my nose was scraped along it. <laughs> and they both laugh about yeah, it. Yeah, I like it's that. I good. love that line so much. <laughs> and yeah, John's like, okay, we got you, Stark. Your light's different. It's like, yes, the idol on knowledge. It's like, I'm just, I'm not afraid anymore. Good. Hold that All thought. Right. It's time to go to the surface. <laughs> so now, also, we see that Starleek and the Scarrens have arrived at the water planet mm-hmm. at Kujaga, and, Mar- and the Chancellor's ship is there on assault, and he says to Arkness, like, get us into the battle. Nothing matters except the Grand Chancellor's carrier. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. And so the crew of Moya pile into a transport pod that they've made watertight. Mm-hmm. They fly off. They head back to the island that they were on uh, before, the start of Peacekeeper Wars. And they disembark when they get there. But I like that they disembark on the on the shore. On the, uh, sorry, on the docks where the, where the transport pod came in. At the beginning of the first episode of PC of Wars. Yeah. And Aaron's like stepping down. It's like, oh God. Ah, why do women choose this more than once? Ah. Well, they say three is the magic number. Yeah, it says Crichton. And she just says, well, three's a scary number. And then we see like in the distance, Scaran fighters are swooping about. And like, okay, it's time to survey the situation. Hang on. Three is a scary number. Where have I heard that before? That's some of the, the stuff that we've heard in voiceover from Aaron mm. in those little bits of the destroyed moya with john in bed yeah and so we're gonna check on the situation and figure out what's going on well actually joffy gets down there and it's like okay calming his men like where are you closer right do you think and they just come down on ropes from the, the wall that they basically abseil down and yeah. a bunch of them meet up and like right you know mission report and the eidolons are like basically being wiped out there are pockets of survivors in the temples mm-hmm. or somewhere isolated pockets of peacekeepers being steadily neutralized and uh, scorpius comes braca braca are you there yes we're holed up in the temple with some surviving eidolons good to hear your voice sir so, oh braca you glorious glorious sob good to hear you he's like stay put we're coming to get you reinforcements are on the way he actually says like he called for reinforcements from peacekeeper command and they didn't give him any yeah so scorpius <laughs> says well reinforcements are on their way 
And you can see Brock visibly being like, oh, thank God. Finally. <laughs> Daddy's home. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's totally what he's thinking. <laughs> oh, dear. So... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's his exact thought process. And so, like, right, we're coming to get you. Jothy, though, goes off with the Luxons to find the rest of his crew. Mm-hmm. And he gives one of his soldiers, he tells... To, fall, uh, to escort them, the Stark is the most important thing now. And Rigel says, Stark, the most important thing? How's that for a subversion of normalcy? And everybody splits off to go their separate ways and get through this you know, battle and try and save the day. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're cutting it for this episode of Fast Get Rewatch. Yes. And what that means is next time when we do the podcast for the next episode, we should be able to get through from here to the end. Yes. Basically, it's the last like third is the siege of uh, Kujaga, basically. So what we're basically saying is the next episode of this podcast is the last episode of this podcast. So that's going to be a hell of a thing. One final time onto the breach. But uh, as for this part, we kind of... You know, it was a lot more action and, like, finding yeah. out... You well, know. I mean, the setup was clearly in the first hour of this whole three-hour series. It's like getting all the player, all the pieces into place to start the action, and that's where we left, where we started this week. It's like, into the action. Yeah, we just leapt right into it, you know. But we also got, like, going back down to see Einstein again. Mm-hmm. I like that they brought Einstein back. It's a good choice. I also like him as a character because he really reminds me of G-Man. Yeah, he does. It's like, Mr. Crichton. <laughs> you always appear to pop up in the best of times, Mr. Crichton. The right man in the wrong place can make all the difference in the world. That's basically also kind of Crichton's MO. Yeah, definitely. Also, getting to see Jothy again. Like, yeah. holy crap, that's been a, it's been a minute. That's been season two? Yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen Jothy. And, um, yeah, this kind of reunion with Dargo, obviously still not on good terms. No, but I'm, I'm, I like that they brought him back, because it's one of the... Like, there's a lot of loose ends they could have grabbed. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think this is one of the most important ones. Mm. Yeah, for Dargo and Chiana's character, certainly. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so that was part two of our recap. But, yep. you know, basically most of part two and some of part one. Yeah, th- that was, again, this has been pretty good so far. There's nothing really for me to complain about too much. Nope. I don't think. It's still going fine. I, I still don't want to rate it until we're done. Yeah, yeah. But I will say that this was another enjoyable, you know, bit of Farscape. And. Mm-hmm. I think my only uh, issue, but it's like, why does Starleek employ Arkna? Why does she still have a job? (laughs) That's my only... At this point, I would have fired her. Out of an airlock. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we we ask the same question about Rigel once in a while. Yeah, but Rigel is actually useful occasionally. (laughs) And he isn't actively trying to... No, he actually does do that sometimes. Yeah, but he's not as dangerous as uh, Arkner, I don't think. No, that's true. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, that, that's my only real, like, quibble is, like, you, why do you keep Arkner around? She's not doing... She's working against you repeatedly. She's your enemy. She is clearly yeah. your enemy. Yeah. Get yeah. her out. Uh, so, yeah, part three, though, I think what we can look forward to is a lot, a lot of action, a lot of shooting, a yeah. lot of, you know, fighting the Scarens, and it's... Okay, so I'm going to say ahead of time, basically the first two hours of Peacekeeper Wars are set up and action 
and exposition a little bit and some reunions and relationship stuff yeah that's all good the the last third is a lot of action but a lot more emotional beats yes and i and some things that are coming up next time like got me emotionally really good like like there was a gut punch yeah there are several there and that happened several times and that that's all condensed in basically the last third the last hour of peacekeeper wars so yeah if you haven't like it's kind of an emotional thing to come towards the end of this show and there are some big emotional moments next week that really got to me so look forward to that when we discuss uh the final part of peacekeeper wars and the final part of farscape and this should be the penultimate episode of farscape rewatch next time will be the last episode and uh yeah that's kind of a crazy thing yeah and we will obviously we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about with you know doing the podcast in the last episode but again as a penultimate episode i kind of like to do this where i say you know thank you to everyone who's listened so far thank you very much it's been a lot of fun to do this and we have one more to do and once we're done we're done that's it fast rewatch will have reached its natural end and we will be over and yeah all good things must come to an end exactly and thank you red to taking this journey with me and we've got one more thing to do and then we'll be out of here. Then we're free! Then we're free! <laughs> anyway, but that will be next week. You'll have to wait a week for that. You will, exactly. We have no shame of... Um... Doling out content to you, yes. Yeah. Getting you excited. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, though. We are looking forward to talking about that. And we'll be back next time with the final part of Peacekeeper Wars and quite likely the final episode of Farscape Rewatch. So yes. uh, thanks to everyone who's listened so far. We hope you will join us again next week for the finale and yeah until then you can find us around the web on twitter at can't hats red and red number seven don't forget can't for previous episodes and links to rss feeds and itunes and also the patreon if you want to support this podcast patreon.com slash can't wear hats that's it from us we will see you next time once more into the breach all right we'll catch you then goodbye, goodbye. What's what's that sound? Uh oh no! Oh god! Oh, there's water coming in everywhere! Oh, oh my god. god! The podcast—it's—it's it's, she's too old. We've been going too long. It's taking our water. No, wait. There's the hole. Red, red. Give me your finger. Come There we go. Just stick it in. There we go. What? Yeah, Dutchman's finger works every time. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! Look, just hold that until next week, and then we'll be fine. What? <laughs>